Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Well, this is the program, uh, two people who need no introduction, simply because somebody just introduced himself <laughs> to avoid redundancy. Uh, Jim Gerhard, Bob Williams, of course. I, uh, I want to do something right off the bat here. We had a phenomenon that I did not know much about John Stewart, who was the host of the old Daily Show. Right. Now, he was much in the news this week. Mm-hmm. Now, he did something which, to me, was absolutely remarkable. And I don't necessarily mean that he got Congress to move on aid for the responders. Right. Well, you know that story. Mm, yeah. You would know more about it than I. His big accomplishment, and I've seen headlines, there are several headlines that says that John Stewart shames the Congress. Right, right. Now, if you can shame the most shameless organization, the most shameful organization, on... <laughs> on the hemisphere, you've done something <laughs> you, remarkable. You have done something absolutely remarkable. So for John Stewart, and again, I, I was—I I had seen the the Daily Show, but I didn't watch that much. I didn't know that much about John Stewart, except uh, what he did was great. There's no doubt about that. So he got Congress to move on that. So what has moved you this week? Well, you're uh, well, you're healthy, I'm, you look I'm, good, you've got your checkups. Doing great. Everything is going well with my recovery, and I've got my Mets shirt on today because. I, the Mets won something. Frank Serto, our chief engineer here at New Jersey 101.5, is the biggest and probably the only Colorado Rocky fan <laughs> here in the state. And he and I, we happen to get wagers going during uh, Mets and Rocky series. Mm-hmm. So Frank uh, bet the uh, Rocky series last weekend, and the Mets won two out of three. So Frank's taking me to lunch today. Well, great, great. You know, right. going back to kind of last week. Oh, you oh, were and my, oh and my shirt oh, says... Oh. Eat, sleep, Mets, repeat. I can't show you the bottom because that's down by my when kidney scar. When was the last time they won the series? Uh, it's been a while. It's but, been a while. But they keep selling the shirts, and I keep buying them. You know, one of the one of the uh, great things in my, my past being around you know, in this business, 1969, yes. the Mets came from being the worst team ever formed in baseball. They got beaten in an exhibition game by the Little Sisters of Mercy, I think, at a convent. <laughs> Uh, Casey Stengel was the manager. Mm-hmm. Remember, can't anybody here? Does anybody know how to play this game? Yeah. But they were so bad. All of a sudden, in 1969, they won the pennant. They won the series eventually. I was working in New York at the time, and New York, of all places, is absolutely amazing. What something like that, what it did, it infected people. It galvanized with the a good time. feeling. Yeah, uh, this is, and people would actually smile at you on the street. And mm-hmm. it didn't last too long. Yeah. But then uh, you had mentioned Tom Seaver. Yeah, and it's but, uh, 50 years uh, this season for the uh, celebration of the 1969 mm. World Champs. I can remember going over to Shea Stadium and watching, and here would be Tom Seaver, Jerry Kuzman. And then it was the next year, that was after the series, the next year, Nolan Ryan came. 
Right. And Nolan Ryan, I'd love to go watch when uh, Nolan Ryan was pitching to hear him warm up, to hear it. Because when he was got warm, the thump of the ball going mm. into the catcher's mitt was like a cannon going off. That was one of the probably the darkest moments in Mets history when they traded him away to the Angels yeah. back in the early 70s for the infamous Jim Fragosi. <laughs> Not a great catch for the Mets. Great for the uh, for the Angels and everybody else that got a hold of him. But uh, can you imagine if Nolan Ryan was a career Met? Gosh. Well, he lasted a few years. Yeah, uh, just a couple, couple of years. Couple of years, they, years they, they, they got rid of him before he really I, I went to a, a, gosh, it's a stream of consciousness stuff that pops into your head talking about those oh. days and the, and the, yeah. and the Mets. Uh, they had a, a party for Julie LaRosa. You know Julie LaRosa. Julie LaRosa, LaRosa yep. Yeah. I was working at WNEW and uh, back in the old days, right. the Ted Brown and Gene Clavin days. And uh, Julie put an act together. He was on the air at the time. He was doing a show. He put an act together. Uh, and they were trying it out at the uh, at the plaza, so we were all invited down for this evening to see you know sort of a, a tryout for the act. And he had a party, and at the party, uh, Yogi Berra, Gil Hodges, <laughs> and I don't know some of these other you know legendary people that I, I got to actually sit there and chat with. It was right. amazing. And there was a young lady there, a young girl there, and I remember she had a white dress, looked like a like a kid in a party dress. Her name was Florence Henderson. Oh, and Florence okay. Henderson was, oh, she's go, I'm, going, I'm going out to the West Coast. Don't know how this is going to work, but we're doing a pilot for a television show. Well, what's it about? <laughs> well, and she actually was the nicest, sweetest young how, girl. How about that? And she said, well, it's something about families that have children and they get together. <laughs> and oh, I'm not wow. sure. So that, uh, you know, the wow. Brady Bunch, uh, yeah. on the inside of the inception so, of the Brady Bunch. And I don't know if you've heard that the, uh, with the 69 uh, team being honored, the, the end of the month when the Mets are back home, they're going to be doing a whole weekend saluting the 69 team. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to do it now, but this many years later, I can name almost every one of the 69 Mets. I can't name one Major League Baseball <laughs> player today, not one that I can think of. Hmm. So, uh, All right. in my view, <laughs> there's been a certain uh, diminishing enthusiasm yeah. for the game. Yeah. Oh, by the way, if you're uh, watching us on Facebook Live, which we certainly hope you are, you can uh, make your comments on the screen, and we will address them. Lou, our director, is uh, writing them up right now. If you want us to talk about anything of the week, right? Get typing, Lou. Well, what's happening there, is, uh, all right, uh, what, what, <laughs> what's going on here? Lou's crawling around. Is that we have a screen, and to, to back up a little bit, I think the concept of this is, and it's, it's experimental, is that it's like doing a call-in talk radio show, which we have done for years, but do it digitally right. through, uh, I think, Facebook. Yeah. And then people can, instead of calling on the phone, you type in. Yeah. And it should work. Right. And, of course, it will if you will cooperate with us here. You know, give it a shot. And we're freewheeling. Uh, it's not just one topic. If you hear us talking about a topic, yeah. make a comment. If you want us to address a, mm -hmm. a topic, make a comment. Or anything you'd like, like to talk about. Yeah. But uh, the... We were sitting here with the, just to describe the setting in this beautiful new right. newsroom we have, and there is a big television screen in front of us next to this, this camera, and if you see us looking off to the side, we are looking at the screen to see if there's any response. 
to see if Tom Swift has done a, you know, <laughs> an electronic miracle here and gotten it working. But anyway, we do appreciate that. It, it would not, so that's the basic concept. So we would depend on you, really. We'll throw out things that maybe would interest us. But the important thing is what would interest you. What, and especially, I think, things that have been covered by the radio station. Yeah. Because uh, so, okay, a lot of times you'll be listening to one of the shows, mm-hmm. the morning, the midday, afternoon, or hey. the nighttime shows. And maybe you're at work, and maybe you're driving, and you don't have a chance to call in, or maybe the lines are busy. What is Now's this? the time to... Uh, Give us a, a, a try this right here on Facebook. Twins, we, we're dressed. I, I think we're I didn't realize that we're delay. dressed identically <laughs> today. All right. Okay, so, here we go. Paul, uh, let's see. See, we see the top of that. Paul yeah, Petrowski. Uh, in your opinion, how do you feel about this recall Murphy movement? Outside of waiting out the time to hopefully vote him out, what could be done? So you, you want to you tackle that? Uh I mean, it's it's a noble effort, but I really don't know how much uh, possibility of reality of, be, of it becoming. He's already been in for almost two years, and by the time something mm-hmm. like that comes around, it's going to be another six months or a year, and then by then, the re-election campaign starts. So I really don't know. Well, Unless the guy's done something really criminal, Jim, I mean, how are you really going to get him out of there? Well, we've we got a problem here. Number one is, and I don't want to go back onto this because we've done it before and take a lot of time. But when the question of recall got on the ballot as a public question, people said, yes, we'd like the ability to recall a public official that we're not happy with. We don't feel he's doing the job that we elected him for. So the legislature passed, uh, the legislature had to pass such a law that did not exist before. They did it to protect themselves because if they had it so easy, uh, recall was easy, half of them would be gone. Right, right. (laughs) And so they made it so difficult, it's almost impossible to do. So that's number one working against you. Number two, and this is my observation, Bob, and you're closer to this than I because you're in here and you know what's going on. I'm sitting on the veranda of stately Gerhard Manor, you know, sipping a julep while you're working, <laughs> lobbing silver dollars with the mockingbirds. But uh, it seems to me that much of the opposition to this governor is preemptive. He hasn't done anything, has he, uh, that I can see. I think it's a, it's a, it's sort of a uh, let's head him off at the pass. Right. Uh, but I hear about people using the the expression his great uh, unpopularity. I don't see it. Most of the people that I would come into contact with are are the sheeple. You know, people right. who don't pay any attention. I I really and bring it back to uh, voter apathy. I mean uh-huh. the. The, the the numbers for the last election were not anything incredible or impressive, hmm. so if he's in and he's well, not your guy, you got to well, blame. You got to think about why didn't you go out and vote against him? Okay, but one thing to remember: nothing nothing is going to happen until he does something that stings, right. gets attention. Now, when the big anti-Florio move started, there were immediate tax breaks. Immediate, and number one, you go down to buy a roll of toilet paper, you had to pay a tax on it. Now that is. That hits you right. So much of this was completely fatuous. Okay, so so the question was, what do we think of the recall effort? I uh, I I congratulate anybody who's become that much involved, but I wouldn't expect a whole lot of it now. When first time somebody feels some pain from a tax, because all this is talk about the taxes are going to be once we're Californiaized, and he may not be in office long enough for that to happen. It might end up the next time that Steve Sweeney, who should be governor by all rights, will become the governor. Yeah. Then you got a different ball game. Okay, Brian James, 
says, congratulations, Bob. Great shirt. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Must be a Met fan. Or How do we go about taking our state back from morally corrupt politicians who love to spend us into insurmountable debt when New Jersey voters seem to be getting more apathetic toward the process? Brian, I agree. And, Brian, I will wait for you to tell me the answer to that. Yeah. I, I, I did read some, Brian. I, I did read something, uh, a line that I thought was very good. And uh, the line said, okay, and I don't remember who wrote this or said it, the people will not revolt. They will not look up from their screens long enough to notice what's happening to them. <laughs> that, was a, uh, that, oh, that was a line from a, 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 uh, a play made out of 1984, the Orwell thing. Uh, okay. Mark David Smolin, who gave McMurphy uh, <laughs> the power to make New Jersey a sanctuary state? Um, we did. We did. The voters. Yeah, we did. I mean, there's no way that he could get up and proclaim it, but he can proclaim it, and, and nobody, nobody uh, opposes it. Mm. So there you go. We're right back to the same thing again. I wonder sometimes if, you know, the, the classic from fiction and movies is the person, often a kid, but it could be an adult. I know there's a little House on the Prairie episode like this where the father gets the Dickens beaten out of him every time he goes into the bar. Our kids get pushed by bullies. All of a sudden, like Ralphie in the Christmas story, he go wild and you fight back and you annihilate your enemy. I wonder if we're being pushed into that. Hmm. Yeah. I think all of us feel a little bit of that, that we, we will take things and say, okay, I'll take it good-naturedly, I'll sit back. And that all of a sudden it gets to the point that you boil and you break and you hit back. So, uh, you know... and. and we're talking about. I, I, I hope we get there. I, yeah. I'm waiting for that one. And you know, one of my favorite things is uh, with the Facebook and Governor Murphy, uh, Senator Menendez, and all the major politicians, uh, Lieutenant Governor Oliver. They all have these Facebook platforms, and they all put their uh, positions, their agendas. Uh, really? Whenever they make a public appearance, they'll they'll have their Facebook production team do some something sexy and slick on their Facebook, and then they'll post. Oh, we've done this for community colleges, or we've done this to make New Jersey more welcoming to mm -hmm. uh, illegal immigrants, what, what have you. <laughs> oh, boy. And then you see the comments section, and I'm going to tell you, no exaggeration, 70% <laughs> of these things are just trashing that person, mm. and it's hilarious to read them. I mean, people, I've seen people some. are angry as hell. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's But just will it very, translate yeah. into a, such a, a deeply blue state? Right. Will it translate into something? Yeah, I, I think that, I think through. what's urgent, considering this is a very heavily democratic state, I I would think the primary, the democratic primary in the gubernatorial contest next time, yeah, is going to be critical because there again, I hope Steve Sweeney sticks with it. Well, I'll tell you, he and I be, think he'd make a great governor. I think he'd I, be I, the only one that would mm -hmm. have the guts or mm -hmm. the backing to actually primary against Murphy. But you but say? but you've got to remember, he is still in the the outhouse. He's the guy in the barrel for the public workers unions, right? Because as a union president himself, right. he once saw how that the handouts to the public workers unions were actually breaking the state. Yeah, not knocking the unions. You're oh. only taking what they're given. Oh, and go back to that other comment. But, uh, who? Who who elected Murphy? The unions. The well, unions course. got him in. And he owes CWA, them. CWA, so. teachers union. I'm looking at the it. screen now to pick up. Uh, who is it, Joseph? Did we do Joseph? Oh, okay. No, that's okay. Was there one before that? Uh, there we go. There we go. 
Oh, no, that's... Uh, will Jim Gerhardt be elected to the New Jersey Hall of Fame? I thought you were... Didn't you... Weren't you honored I, I, a couple of years ago? I'm in the broadcasting, broadcasting hall. I'm broadcasting in the broadcasting hall of, hall of Fame. Okay. Now, don't ask me for an explanation. They just called and said, come down. And you say, hey, free meal, hotel? <laughs> I got a I'm free there. meal yeah. to this. No, but you, so, def uh, you definitely are iconic, and you definitely... I, I agree with you, Joe. Uh, that's uh, a that's very nice good idea. I think we're gonna, we should start I had a, a very high-ranking politician one time who said he was going to propose that. Unhappily, he's not in office <laughs> and has no authority uh, anymore. He'd be great in there. Uh, Chris Michaud, Murphy says he's Catholic but is for abortion. He says he's capitalist but has social policies. <laughs> he says he's pro-Second Amendment but is extremely anti-gun. Is he confused or just full of crap? <laughs> I... <laughs> I would tend, as in any politician, to select the latter yeah. <laughs> of the two alternatives there. The inconsistency has nothing to do with politics. Yeah. Uh, hypocritical? Hypocritical, that that, they don't recognize that. Yeah. Lyndon Johnson once said, in a moment of, of honesty, he said, truth for a politician is not what it is for everyone else. It's not a demonstrable fact, repeatable experimental fact. To a politician, truth is whatever advances his agenda. Yeah. And, and they live by this. This is it. So, uh, Bert L. Fox. Hey, Bert. Uh, Murphy only won because he promised to legalize marijuana. You're probably yeah, right, Bert. Yeah. Oh, that brings up, if I can do this, uh, I'm trying to do quickly because we do have some people responding as we ask. You mentioned last week that the governor had received an award from the uh, pharmaceutical industry. Right, the bi biotechnical group. As Bio the governor of the year. Yes. Well, you know why? The marijuana. Mm. Uh, certainly the marijuana, because what happens, the pharmaceutical industry is drooling over the fact that more people will start right. <laughs> sedating themselves right. and because like, they have products that do the and same thing. like we alluded to last week, Bert, uh, how many people voted for Murphy for because he was in favor of legalized marijuana and are so bitterly disappointed today? Here we are, a year and a half into his term, and nada, nothing. The you know the the gosh, there's so much to say, and I keep going down side paths because I had thoughts. I'll do that a little bit later. But one of the things that I'm sure that played into the awards or the support for the marijuana, the drug business is enormous. It's got to be the biggest industry, I think, probably in the world now, maybe second to international finances or banking. But I, I looked up some statistics, and the, you know, just talk about money. Uh, addiction rehab. Now, this is why I think there are interests, whether you like it or not, who really would like to see more drug use. Addiction rehab, $35 billion a year business. Nationally? In this country. Oh, my alone. gosh. 14,000 uh, drug treatment facilities and growing. Uh, so I think you can see why. Hmm. Uh, I wonder, all, it sounds like there's a connection but, there. But I think the government wants a balance in this. Now, this, I, I, this is in my, my view, and maybe it's a conspiracy theory. It's not really a conspiracy, maybe a fantasy. I think the government wants a balance because if you suddenly cut out all illegal drugs, the economy would collapse. Look how many people depend on that. Uh, the the so-called war on drugs, <laughs> the people employed on one side or another. Okay, I quit. Uh, it's uh, okay. Lisa Briggs, hi Lisa. Uh, oh, Lisa, I think it is. Uh, voter apathy is a disease that is spread like a virus due to so much corruption, sadly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think people are turned off by the process. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, she also followed up with... Oh, why do you like Sweeney? I'm curious. I heard bad stuff about him. <laughs> well, you probably heard bad stuff about me, and I don't know you, Lisa. Maybe I would hear... It, it, uh, you know, but when he's, that goes wrong. But when he's I, compared to the other guy... Who's the worst it, of two evils? Yes, or two evils. No, I, I tell you why I respect Steve Sweeney. Is back during the early days, and I mentioned this before, back during the very early days of the uh, Christie administration when they were trying to put a rein on the entitlements for unions, Christie's famous what, toolkit in the law, Steve Sweeney had come out and favor of supporting some of this Republican governors. He was a Senate president. Yes. Supporting, and, and, and the little bit of nibbling at that problem, the little toe in the door, could not have happened without Steve Sweeney's help. The unions did not like that, even though Steve Sweeney is the president of the Iron Workers Union, and a good one. Yeah. Uh, and he, uh, It's always seemed to me that the next person best in line to be governor is the president of the Senate. It used to be that way. Right. We didn't have a lieutenant right. governor. Though the president of the Senate, no matter what party, if the governor is disabled or out, he is there. He's in on everything. He knows you don't miss yeah. a step. And you know, and yeah. he was he was willing to play ball when Christie was in office. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, he was a real true he, bipartisan partner. He, to some extent, he was. Yeah. But that is why the unions still have never forgiven him. And so is that, that, that and might and is be that something. why he didn't get the nomination? Mm -hmm. For, uh, for governor this this past uh, cycle? No, he didn't get the nomination for governor this time, in my opinion, anyway, because of money. The other candidate who won... Came in and bought it? Well, what you do, you buy, you give money. People think you go out and buy it by, you know, handing people money. Now, that used to be. But you buy it now by paying off the county uh, oh, organizations. Right, right, right. Sim similar to what Corzine Oh, Corzine did, yeah. did exactly that. He gave the maximum amount of money to all the county organizations and the county chairman and they picked him. They, they bypassed Rob Andrews at the time, who would have been probably the next best yeah, person to right. get in. Uh, Joseph Hand. Hi, Joseph. Uh, it was a brilliant move. Murphy figured out how to get stoners off the couch and into the voting booth. And too bad they're still stoned. They don't understand what actually happened. Too bad pot isn't legal yet. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, there's a possible downside to that, and I understand this may have happened in uh, Colorado, is that when <laughs> the politicians or the bureaucrats uh, get it set for the distribution and the sale of this product, it's going to be so expensive and so laden with costs that you go out, as you always did, and stand in the alley behind the junior high school and buy all you want. Right. <laughs> for, for cheaper. Right. So uh, it, uh, a politician does nothing that is not planned. And so, yes, as Joseph said, it was a move, get stoners off the couch. Yes. And a lot of people, no. too. And, I, and I, I was always for medicinal marijuana, and we had some right. terrible cases in New Jersey where people had to move. Right. So uh, Now, my, my point is, um, weed, weed, making weed uh, legal or not, I mean, what's the difference if it's legal or not, but if they relax the, uh, the rules on it as far as, like, enforcement? Like... Um, if there's like a misdemeanor or a minor infraction that the police just don't enforce it and it just goes that way. Do you think we could survive as a state in, uh, in the long term? Uh, well, I, th I think you're getting to that ultimately. Uh, the Just a complete deregulation right. of uh, drugs. Well, now, what is Cause, it? Because uh, uh, a lot of those uh, sentences or those charges against people brought up against mm -hmm. illegal marijuana have been well, commuted or something, right? One of the things that... that, that 
fascinates me in a sense. Why do we need, why does everybody in this country need to be sedated? Which is what the drug does. Mm, I mean, it's alcohol, right. of course. Yeah. And uh, thank goodness, I would say, in my right. career life. But, but anyway, we did that. That's why, you know, you're going to go home, you're going to have a drink, you're going to relax. And, whatever. Yeah. and this is sort of the same thing that is arguably less, uh, less harmful to you. Yeah, have you ever thought about why New Jersey is one of those states where you just can't go to a 7-Eleven at 11 o'clock at night and buy a 12-pack of beer? Or a bottle of wine? You ever wonder by that? Well, it's, again, it's control over that. Yeah. I think I think these alcoholic beverage laws probably go back to the 30s or the 40s yeah. or something. Hmm. It used to be there was huge opposition to to alcohol. Well, you had prohibition. Um, Mar- let's see. Mar- Mar- uh, Mar- let's go to Mary Wensky Ebright. Thank you. Good morning. Term limits are only salvation. Here, here. You think? I think so. I think that needs to start right at the, uh, the the local levels, right up through the congressional levels, the assembly, and the state senate. And I think national. Mm-hmm. You, you got it at the presidential level. Why is why is senators why are senators allowed to stay in their office for thirty years? Why are why are people like Robert Byrd allowed to die in office <laughs> at 98? What the hell is he doing that's, that was, that was going to help? Is him Robert Byrd still dead? Uh, I think he's still I, dead. I think five, his, his five years running. Yeah, around that. Least, uh, but yeah, yeah well, I, I agree. It, uh, it, it, term limits looks good. But on the other hand, the way the seniority systems work, if a, the longer a person is in that office, the more power he has. Hypothetically, that is more power to represent his clients, to get something special for his clients. So it would be to the advantage of a voter who's voting for his own you know, good to vote for a candidate who has gained these, the seniority, the committee heads right. and things, who can actually use that power to kick some money back to the state. But, but isn't that him. going against your uh, theory of uh, get rid of incumbent politicians? Oh, yes. Sure. Mm. But I'm, I'm simply saying I, I think this is, this is how it is. Yeah, but I, I think... Uh, Two terms for Congress, two terms for senators. Senators, U.S. senators should not be in office more than 12 years. Well, of course, the, the people who wrote the Constitution and set up these rules had no idea that politics would become a, a right. career, an right. industry, career, right. and a regular job. Yeah. So they thought that prominent people would be selected by their peers to go represent them. Then they'd go back and start milking cows right. again, you know, and somebody else would go do the same thing. Hmm. Let's see, uh, Paul, I'm put out to pasture now for two years and can't afford to live in the state anymore. What could be done to stop this mass exit out of the state? I'm seriously looking to get out. We talked about this years ago, and you said you were already thinking about what's going to happen oh, yeah. when you retire. Yep, it's like a- I'm in a position right now that I didn't realize it, that, that the toll that the damn taxes take on you. Mm. Uh, once a, a very prominent state senator, Wayne Bryant, who ended up, uh, you know, in trouble, but he was a very intelligent man, and his only answer to that, pretty much the same question, was, well, if you can't afford it, move. Mm. You know, that's just the way it is, and that is just the way it is. Right. Uh, I don't know what can be done about it. The only thing that can be done about it, you could get rid of the biggest part of your property taxes. I've preached this for years, but nobody paid any attention. You could get rid of the biggest part of your property taxes by eliminating the school tax. Mm-hmm. There's no reason the school tax should not be borne by everybody across the board, not just people who own a house, who get especially hard hit when they retire and they have a limited income and the mortgage is paid off. So now 
you don't have the mortgage or, or the taxes taken but, out. But you're still paying ten that, to $20,000 in Yes, but then you are paying it. You are marching yes. down with a bag of money every four months. And it hurts because you're just, many people, especially people who be on uh, Social Security right. with a limited uh, savings otherwise, this is a killer. Now, my dad, who lived in one of the highest tax, tax towns in the state, Roselle, uh, before he passed, I think he had gotten some sort of senior lock-in. Is that well, still the case where yeah, you, you, you get your taxes freezed at a lower level? You don't get it. No, you don't get no. it free. What they freeze, do, no, freeze. they, they lock, the they level, freeze the in. last year's tax that you paid. But you have to. There is a means test, okay. income means test. And uh, generally, with Social Security now, it's it's getting to the point that the government's taxing it. You're, it's a, some certain amount is tax free. But if you go over that, so uh, uh, let me. Uh, Gosh, there's so much we could go on and on, but yeah. I, I'm really very grateful to people who are participating this is, in this. This is getting better and better every week. Yeah. Douglas Matthews, Doug, how do I get a grip hat? Why don't you throw it at the camera there? Huh? Take yours and throw yeah. it. I, I would love to. <laughs> New technology. New there technology. You go. That's a great uh, idea. We should do something like this. Well, you know, we, we I, I never did. Uh, somebody Lou, do bought we have me that. Lou, no. do we have money in the budget I, to get some grip hats? I got this years ago when I was talking about grip. I got it from a uh, a listener. They had a place, this one came from the uh, Freehold Mall. They had a place that did t-shirts. Uh, this person also gave me grip t-shirts. I, I had grip underoos <laughs> that replaced my Scooby-Doo underoos that I normally wear around the house. Oh, uh, they, they're not available. Uh, the one time there was talk in our promotion department when the promotion department used to have a lot of stuff like this. Back I shirts and hats and the like. Uh, of doing that, but they never quite got around to it. So, but Doug, uh, if we ever do anything with it, you'll be the first to know. Okay, Raymond, who says uh, too much double dipping in this state? Yes, double dipping, triple dipping. Right. There was there was one uh, state senator from South Jersey who once had sixteen accounts in the pension system. <laughs> See, this is why they appoint themselves or get appointed to all kind of local commissions. <laughs> And each one is a little bit of, of, of right. well, they're only going to pay 8000 a year or 12000 a year, but you get 16 of them. Man, that's a pretty and sizable uh, one state. Account. One state senator, and I, I can't remember his name. I don't know if I'd say because he's probably maybe passed on. By, you don't speak ill of those who have gone. But years ago, and he was getting a million dollars a year <laughs> from uh, various... <laughs> Uh, crazy organizations in New Jersey. Yeah, and some of these uh, township attorneys. Gosh, how many of the towns are they representing? They're they're getting a pension for every one of their uh, accounts. But to but to get to Raymond's question here, it was given out. It, it's just been granted by politicians over the years to their cronies, their legal partners, or people who want if they ever get voted out of office, you want to do the same thing. Now something as notorious used to be police chiefs. I don't know if that changed. I doubt it. And yet you could retire and keep on going. We had the, uh, for example, the uh, the uh, county executive, I believe, in Essex County, if I'm not correct there, it doesn't matter, but he, a uh, well-known figure, uh, Joe had announced he was retiring from his job, and his job paid, uh, well, good into six figures. And he retired, but he didn't ever leave the office, didn't have to go out of the building. And so he started collecting a pension, a very big pension, and was collecting the salary for the same job. <laughs> And it went on and on. There was a, uh, a, a piece on New Jersey 101.5 News not long ago about a whole gaggle of people who were getting $190,000 a year pensions. Uh, but the double dipping, 
The argument that is made for double dipping, and I'll give you the counter argument that I used to get from uh, mayors or people who were hiring uh, people who were on pensions. They said that the, the town actually saved money because this way they were getting the job done by an experienced person and didn't have to cover no. the benefits mm -hmm. because they already had, had the benefits. benefits. Right. So, uh, see, all of these reforms that we're talking about, all of these forms, uh, reforms, are dependent on legislatures or bodies of legislature. They could be the local or the county or what have you. And the people who comprise those are generally professional politicians. And they are often connected with other people to whom they like to throw favors. And also, if they are out of office, they want something to fall back on. Now, the average politician dreams of, if he is out of office, becoming a lobbyist. Because in, in New Jersey, the lobbyists can still get back on the floor. They can still cavort about amongst their, their peers, as they always did, and make good money for using the influence which they had built up and the friendships they'd built up while they were there. And so there are many ruses, many ways you can do that, but they are, again, it, it's a catch-22 situation. The uh, fox is never going to get out of a hen house as long as the fox is allowed to make the rules of hen house decorum. It just goes with it. And so, yeah, so Lou, Lou is uh, monitoring the uh, yeah, Facebook who is, who comments is, who feeds. Is that? I don't see the name. Uh, there. Just, to, just to generally speak, oh, there's a, general. a lot of, lot of okay. conversation back and okay. forth between uh, uh, viewers about drugs. The common theme is that opioids are illegal. But they kill, and marijuana doesn't. I, you know, I think that's one of the great ironies. And I used to look up statistics on this, that you had uh, how many? I think four hundred thousand dollars a year, or four hundred thousand people a year, died as some kind of result of alcohol addiction. There was not one recorded case of a person dying from marijuana. Uh, of course, the argument is like Christie's argument. It's a gateway drug. It leads to something else. So, uh, <laughs> as Paul says, I'd like to thank you guys for having this forum. I can ask and vent to someone other than my wife. Keep up the good work. <laughs> yeah, Happy to be of service, Paul. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Anytime, Paul. So we're, uh, we're almost done. Then. No, I, want, I think we're just oh. getting started. I'm just getting warmed up. I don't know about you. That's up to you. Uh, huh? This is the first hour of eight. <laughs> well, I got lunch with Frank at some point. You didn't point, realize so this is a marathon. <laughs> We're going to keep going now. Uh, I'm just looking at, at some of the, uh, just sort of jumping around here. We uh, always, oh, I did want to mention because I'd promised, and people do ask about this, Sam, did you bring Manfred? No. Well, Manfred, Manfred being my, my dog. And the reason his name is Manfred is that he is a red Doberman. And so the first one, the person who, uh, whose dog had the litter, said, I have one red male. And the first thing I thought of was the Red Baron, mm. you know, a German dog, Manfred. But also, and this is something we touched on last week, too, that there was a cartoon in the 60s called Tom Terrific and Mighty Manfred the Wonder Dog. <laughs> and it's also a children's books. I, I tried to buy a box set of the cartoons, but you can't get them. They didn't do it. I've got box sets of most of those old 60 cartoons. I love those. But anyway, Mighty Man for the Wonder Dog. I didn't bring him today. There was a piece on the station yesterday, and I don't think it was personal. I don't know. And it was on, on the, you can see it online now, about someone 
whom I respect very deeply, who was complaining about people taking dogs mm. to the workplace oh, to work, yeah. and, and other places. So now Manfred's mother, Manfred will be, he's in the process of being trained now as a service dog. Not that I need a service dog right now, but you never know. It's always good to have one in the yes. wings. Right. But his mother is, and is Mia is superbly trained. And uh, you go through a lot. It's not like people who have ruined this whole service dog thing by just grabbing an animal and saying, this is my service. People well, so, have taken so, snakes some, on airplanes. Right. Some people abuse that. I mean, you well, see... A lot of people do. You know, you, you know, if you see a service dog that's begging for food, obviously <laughs> it's not a well-trained service dog. Well, maybe he is trained to beg. <laughs> that ain't a bad idea. I've seen him with tin cups. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Inspector Clouseau's minky. <laughs> He's freelance. It's a freelance service dog. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, I... I uh, there is a process you go through, and it's a good thing. I see in the cases, I said, Mia, Manfred's mother, uh, a friend, belongs to a friend, who really has, has needed this sort of a yeah. thing because of, I won't get into the, the problems, but uh, does have some post-traumatic stress, right. as, as people do. And, and I, I think, you were you going to talk about that hoarder? That was uh, I, I, out in Huntington County? I don't story just came out a couple of days all ago. Of that. Uh, I don't know how, how do you uh, have 80 dogs over over 80 wasn't it like in the hunt uh, between 100 and 200 uh, dogs most of them were you uh, Dan, Dan Alexander Terriers, Dan right? can you come over here what Dan Alexander is a great writer Dan has gotten all kind of honors from this company and the like and I don't know if anybody gets to see you but I, I want to that's come okay on, come, Dan, on. come on come on come in. on Luke can always cut us off yeah, and we'll be doing this. Yeah, that's fine. yeah but Dan Dan uh, what is the story on that? I just saw the headline this morning. Eighty some dogs. It was actually they uh, actually removed um, one hundred and seventy dogs from the uh, from the house. They, the the owner of the dog was actually a uh, uh, one of the uh, organizations involved with taking the dogs was the Monmouth County Prosecutor's Office. Um, uh, Ross Lasitra uh, also is the head of the Monmouth County SPCA. Okay. He helped take the dogs, uh, remove the dogs. Or his his uh, right. the, the group Hubert's did. was involved in. Yes, Saint Hubert's as well. Right, yeah. And the the owner of is actually a a breeder, a well known breeder. That's what we're working on today. Um, but they, the uh, he surrendered thirty dogs prior to uh, taking out another hundred and seventy dogs uh, on uh, Tuesday. How large was the property? You said in his home. Well, they haven't given us an address or a name of the, um, the of, of, of the of the of the breeder uh -huh. of the person who owned the door, the homeowner. So we don't know exactly who it is or where how big the property is. But the, based upon the description from the Hunterdon County Prosecutor's Office, it sounds like it's a a pretty big piece of property. I can't imagine that. No matter how big the property yeah. is, having that many uh, animals. And we had the lady with the cats recently. Yep. Yep. Down in uh, South Jersey. So now, and a lot of these dogs were were sick, diseased. Well, they're actually not in horrible. I mean, they're not in the best shape, and some of them didn't. They had masses, and they were pregnant, or they had, uh, they were sickly, or they had a matted, matted fur. But some of them weren't is in as bad a shape. Um, as you would think that they might. So perhaps some of them would be ready for adoption. Oh, absolutely. The, between uh, between Saint between Saint Hubert's and the uh, Monmouth County SPCA, right. they're going to be treating the dogs, giving giving okay. them a thorough examination, yeah. and um, and some of them had litters well, in uh, yeah, pregnant, yep, right? Yep. So. You know, and some of these I think are very well intentioned. People who genuinely feel because we've got all of these unwanted animals running around. I think it's especially true with the cats, but the dogs, and they think they're doing a, a, a service. 
uh, and it gets out of hand. Oh, that's what that's what Ross has said. I've talked to him on a couple of these occasions where that it just seems to get out of hand. With uh, they think they're doing something good, as you say, and yeah, it's kind of it gets well, bigger would, than them. That would make sense yeah. if most of them were of the breed of the John yeah. Russell, right? So yeah. That's a oh, don't talk about job. them, Dan. Thank you so much. I just want everybody to meet Dan, people who have it, Dan, yeah. who does such a great job here for the sure radio does. station. Don't talk about. What did you just talk about? Jack Russell's? That I told you not to talk. Oh, you, you just asked <laughs> No, I, I've got a thing about Jack Russell. We'll end with this. You wanted okay. to get, you, No, I'm fine. I'm sure I'm, you, have, you have a life. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can sit I'm, here on I'm the veranda and, and talk all day. This is great. I, I have this fantasy that I can go back in a time machine, and I'll go back to England around the turn of the last century. I will look up the Reverend John Russell, who was the person who developed and, and what is known as the Jack Russell Terrier. I would do him in. I would throttle him before he got that. Really? Well, bad hmm. words. Okay. And I get you see a lot of this. I guess is is because I had one across the street from me that never stopped barking. The damn thing would sit all day long grabbing the fence and, and it pulling and and yapping, yapping. I don't mind dogs barking, but yapping. Yeah, yapping, yapping dogs. Yapping yeah. gets it. But, but, but I got a prejudice. I don't like, I'll say don't like, I don't necessarily dislike, but I'm not comfortable with dogs I have to bend over to pet. Mm. Now, that's not, that, that is not a, a function of age, no one to bend over. I always felt that way about it. But, mas so, uh, but Manfred is a masculine, fabulous dog. And hopefully you'll bring them in. Let's do another says. call here from Lisa. Okay, sure. uh, it says, we need to find a better way to stop puppy meals, help find hoarders, and give them help for it. And the pets, cats, or dogs. See, that's the problem. Sooner it's or later, because there does seem to be a rash of this now, I think the, the legislation now simply is, I think, uh, criminal uh, yeah. for abuse. And that's about all you have to deal with. It's almost analogous to Joan Marasek and the Tigers. I don't know how many people remember that, Joan and the Tigers. Maybe we'll talk about that next yeah. time. Because here's a lady who had, who had, had uh, what, 26 Tigers? Yes. In Jackson. And uh, her idea was, very well, she had been with Ringling Brothers and started taking their tigers who were being put out to pasture. Now, her idea was that since the tiger population worldwide is being exhausted by hunting and, and what have you, land uh, yeah. being taken away from their habitat, that someday there would be no tigers left and here she could be, this is the ark. It was there. She would have new breeding stock. But so much to talk about, so little time. Oh, I want to make mention today, this weekend, 25 years since uh, the O.J. Simpson uh, murders of Nicole uh, Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. 25 years ago that the first call came in that two people were murdered at her home. Well, and uh, the trial against O.J. happened uh, the f that following year well, after his big Bronco ride, mm -hmm. the anniversary of the big uh, white Bronco ride through the L.A. freeway system comes up this coming Monday. Do you remember where you were 25 years ago? Probably doing the morning show. Still, I was right? sitting on the veranda of Stately Gerhardt Manor, <laughs> sipping a julep. I, I remember the story, and I got a little bored watching the... Uh, yeah. The, like so many events, you remember where you were. I don't remember where I was for that one. It's not up with the Kennedy assassination or things right. like that, certainly. But uh, but he's still out there looking for those murderers after all these years. Who, O.J.? O.J. He must be tired. <laughs> he must be exhausted. <laughs> okay, so on that, I will defer to you. Okay.
and uh, you can go out and, and do <laughs> be gainfully employed. <laughs> I will go back to the veranda again. Right. Hey, Jim Gerhard, Bob Williams, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. And uh, again, if it happens we're invited back, we'll try this again next week. But we do appreciate and thank deeply uh, people who participated because that's what we need. Thanks a lot. Have a great day and a week. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done